Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What's My Head podcast. Today I'm joined by Mr. Phil Roman. You'll know the name, the Grinch, Garfield, Charlie Brown, and Underdog is so much more stuff. We'll get to that. Phil, how are you, sir? Doing fine. Thank you. No, no problem, man. Uh, I'm really, like I told you before, man, I'm really excited. I'm really happy you decided to do this. Um, taking a step back, I don't want to... I don't want to go too, too deep with you because I feel like with, with your career and how fast your career has been, we could probably do, I don't know, 30, 40 straight hours of just, you know, what Phil did back in the day. I mean, you touched some amazing uh, IPs and projects back in the day. Um, yeah. One in particular that a lot of fans had written in about and wanted to know about, uh, mainly Charlie Brown, and the other one was The Grinch. Um yeah. What do you remember from, we'll start with the Grinch, but what do you remember from working on the Grinch? Well, uh, I had the great fortune of working with one of my heroes. You know, I'd, uh, I uh, had always wanted to work with him. I had worked at Disney's and other places, you know, and, uh, and the guys at Warner Brothers had this, uh, Frizz and Chuck and uh, the other guys, had this uh, way of telling stories that were funny and the, the poses and everything. And uh, I had been animating uh, the, uh, like uh, in some uh, other studios. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I was working with uh, Benny Washington at a studio called uh, uh, Ray Patton Productions. And one day he comes in and he says, uh, um, I'm gonna be going to work with Chuck Jones. I said, oh, you're going back to Warner Brothers? He says, no, no, no. He says, uh, uh, Chuck Jones is now going to be working uh, at MGM, uh, and I said, oh, "God, I'd love, love to work with you. You know, that, that'd be a great opportunity." And because uh, Benny and I were the only animators there at that studio, and just doing commercials, and so he left. And uh, the, the next week, he calls me up. He says, uh, "There are no animation uh, openings." Uh, Chuck has his old group back with him. He said, but there's one uh, assistant uh, job open. Would you like it? I said, take it. You know, so, so I, just to get in the door, I wanted to, to be working with Chuck. And uh, I'll give you the long version of actually being there and getting to know him. And uh, so, uh, so I went in as an assistant. And uh, again, you know, working with Ken Harris and Benny and all of Chuck's uh, uh, animators, Ken, 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 uh, Dick Thompson and Tom Ray, and, them. and so it was up in a tower there in Sunset and Vine in Hollywood, and so it was very. And then uh, we, uh, 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 I asked uh, Benny uh, a couple of months later, two three months later, I said, "Is there anything I can animate?" And uh, he says, sure, because what Chuck would do, I never picked up uh, work directly from Chuck. It was always through Benny. Chuck would uh, time it out and everything. And uh, then give it to Benny to hand out to the animators. And then he'd go out to the next project. And so Benny had a, a stack of drawings on his uh, desk there. He says, hey, why don't you take these as an animator? Because he knew I could animate. And, uh, and so, so I took my room and uh, so, uh, I just myself, you know, I animated and cleaned it up in between and everything. And uh, then uh, after about a week, you know, a little over a week, I, I put them in there to give them to Benny to send up to pencil test. And uh, so uh, the next day, uh, Benny comes in and says, the pencil tests are here. You want to see? Go ahead. So, uh, I'm standing there by the, the uh, by the moviola. And uh, Chuck says, uh, stop, uh, uh, and then he turns around and says, who animated this? And I said, I did, Chuck. So he turns around and looks at me and says, says, you're an animator, you're not an assistant. 
and he promoted me right on the spot to, to an animator. And I, I cannot tell you the what I felt that be one of Chuck's animators, you know. And anyway, uh, so for a, for a, for a while, you know, yeah, I did my own uh, animation and in betweens, you know, clean up and in betweens, and so. Uh, so so anyway, uh, and and then uh, one one day one day he called up, uh, all the animators into his office, and he says, "We're gonna this is a picture we're gonna be doing. It's a special, and uh, I'm gonna we'll, we'll walk this through the whole picture, you know, and uh, through the Grinch." And so so he actually you know told us the story and uh, and the kind of animation he, he wanted and the, how. Uh, the type of uh, attitudes and things you know that, that he, he had planned, and uh, and the, the pacing and all, all of that. He just went through the whole thing, and uh, so uh, then uh, uh, then again uh, he, he gave all this uh, after he had all the, what he did. He would uh, pose, do the exposure sheets, and do the, all the poses, uh, the main poses in each. Uh, in each scene, mm -hmm. and which is the way I used to uh, do as I thought, when I was uh, directing. But uh, but anyway, uh, so then uh, when he was done, then uh, a few weeks later, then he gave him uh, to Benny. And so Benny started handing out scenes. So, so uh, from the very beginning, you know, there was a, a variety of, uh, of stuff. Uh, like I got involved in uh, in some of the decoration inside the house and uh, the Putting up the you know the stickers the, the, the on the ceilings and on the, there's a guy that comes out of a box and puts a star on the tree and a lot, lot of the miscellaneous little things like that and uh, other scenes I animated were like uh, the Cindy Lou Who uh, uh, that that series of, uh, of uh, scenes uh, I was used to kid uh, Joe Foray that uh, she came in and. Uh, for a recording session to, and just said, why Santa Claus, why? And, uh, and, and took 15 minutes and, and I worked on those scenes, you know, for about three or four weeks. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but she took it in, 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 in good graces. But, but anyway, uh, so uh, there were some, uh, a variety of scenes, you know, I, I could tell you which scenes, Ken Harris animated, Benny Washington animated, and stuff like that. But, uh, but anyway, it was, uh, it, it was it was a fun uh, uh, fun uh, occasion because uh, the book was one way, and the, the, what Chuck had done, he had plus the characters. You know, he had given them the, the Chuck look, and, uh, and and to me that uh, that uh, brought the characters more to life, especially the Grinch, you know, because he he was in the book he's just kind of a great character, you know, but. Uh, but uh, and uh, the story you could read maybe in five minutes, uh, and uh, but but uh, working with the musician and the music, you know, to me it, it's just uh, a, a classic with um, with, with uh, Boris Karloff and uh, the, the music and uh, the storytelling, and it, it, it just uh, it was a lot of fun to work with, and. Uh, so we saw it and uh, you know we're all real happy then as happens with every project we go on to the next project that one went out and, and so then we do the, the next uh, commentary or whatever it was and uh, and uh, then it came on the air and the reaction to it it was just uh, uh, amazing you know very gratifying that uh, the public really uh, had uh, been taken in by this energy and uh, this it's uh, the, to me it's a it's a movie about redemption you know about somebody who sees a light you know and it's a real christmas story even though uh, dr seuss was not that religious kind of thing he, he it was a classic christmas story and uh, and it fit the occasion and so uh, then all of a sudden becomes a classic, you know, every, everybody wants to see it every year. And, uh, and they're still talking about it, along with the, the Charlie Brown Christmas and uh, some of those other uh, things that are perennials, you know. And uh, somebody else, uh, 
asked me, uh, what does it take to make a, a classic cartoon like that? <laughs> if I knew, you know, I patented a thing and everything I'd work on would be a classic. You know? <laughs> but, but that's just a magical mix of uh, different uh, 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 elements. And uh, it had a, a great character. It had uh, a, a, great, a great story. And it had a great storyteller uh, with Chuck Jones, you know. And, and then uh, the, the music, uh, 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 just a performance of uh, Boris Karloff. And, you know, I can't imagine anybody else being at that, uh, at, uh, uh, the post, you know. But, uh, but anyway, it, it was a very, very pleasant experience. And, and, and I'm still enjoying it. Although uh, when we made that, uh, that I think uh, there were like six minutes of commercials and, and uh, later on, you know, they made it to eight minutes of commercial. So, so they had to t take out some, uh, trim some of the story. And so they took out some of the stories and the credits at the end. So if you notice on NBC this year, there were no credits. That's, so, that's crazy. I, that's one thing that I wish more people would look at. And that's the whole reason I started this podcast is because we know the story of the Grinch. We know yeah. the story of Tom and Jerry, but very rarely do we get to know or see or even hear people like yourself that, you know, wait till the end of the movie to see their name up on that big screen. Because you guys, yeah. like you said earlier, you know, what took you three to four weeks, June Foray came in there and knocked out in 15 minutes, you know, and a lot of people will remember June Foray, a lot of people remember the voice actors, but very rarely do people seek out the board artists, the animators, the writers, you know, so yeah. like I said, that's the whole reason for this show and I appreciate you sharing that story that story with us. And okay. one name that, that you brought up, well, there's a couple names that you brought up that I'd, I'd like to talk, uh, talk about. Um, Boris Karloff being one of them. Uh, my favorite universal monster of all time was Frankenstein. I, I used to watch that with my grandpa when I was younger, and I was scared. I was scared, 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 scared yeah. when I was younger. Seeing that big Frankenstein's monster come across the screen, yeah. and then just the villagers chasing him, I just remember being scared, but also in awe. And then I find out my favorite universal monster is the narrator and also the voice of the Grinch many, many yeah. years later. Do you ever get the chance to meet or talk with Mr. Boris Karloff? No, no, he, he never came into the studio. He just went to the recording studio. But, uh, never. but, but from what I understand, he was a very gentle guy. You know, it, it, uh, just the opposite of the roles that he played. You know, he was a, a very, uh, a very uh, learned gentleman. You know, yeah. and uh, but he could he could play the part. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, there was something about that Grinch character that just you like. You see the animation, you, you know, you got to have everything like you were saying, you got to have good script, you got to have great characters, you got to yeah. have great voice action, you got to have music and stuff like that. This is a masterpiece is what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm throwing yeah. out these words. The Grinch is a masterpiece. Um, yeah. And he just took it to a whole nother level. I mean, his voice, his cadence, you know, yeah. just everything about him just oozed the Grinch, you know, it really felt like you were in the movie with him. Yeah, so and, and Chuck was a director of that uh, voice uh, session, you know. So he knew what he wanted, and so he brought all those elements out of the character, and uh, so which made to, to me uh, Chuck was a, a genius. You know, he was one of these guys that, who uh, a creator. He, he everything. He had a great sense of humor. He had a great sense of. Uh, uh, he, he was very, very well read and uh, quoting uh, all kinds of. Uh, uh, literature and music and stuff, and so, uh, like in the, the, the Warner Brothers cartoons, you know, all those that are based on, uh, on literature and music, you know, like uh, Kill the Wabbit, Kill the Wabbit. <laughs> there's there's uh, just fun, you know, they're just going taken to an extreme and great storytelling and, and great, great animation, you know, and to, to me. That's why I got into the business because I wanted to make drawings move, you know, a animation, you know, it's an animation business and, and it's the animation that, uh, that brings the characters to life. And that's what, uh, what drew me into it. Now, 
with I, I, I I'm glad we were talking a little bit about Chuck because I don't I, I've had a few people on here that have, has gotten to work with Chuck and I just finished reading Chuck's biography. I don't, I'm not sure if it was an, I'm pretty sure it's the autobiography because it sounded like any any interview I've ever heard of him it sounded exactly like I was reading, but it was called Chuck Amuck. I'm pretty sure you've read it too. Um, just a phenomenal book, and it's yep. funny just in his early days and for the life of me right now I cannot remember his cat's name, um, but he was talking about the cat that would just go crazy for the grapefruit and. And you could see that was get got him that initial spark of just drawing and stuff like that, just seeing how things were animated. And then you yeah. see those early drawings of that caddy was talking about, and you see that smile, or you see that that Chuck Jones style, and then you see the Grinch, and it just like I said, it just oozes Chuck Jones. Um, before we before we get off the Grinch, there was a couple of questions I want to ask. What was your favorite scene that you got to work on on the Grinch? Do you have one? Well, uh, like the. the the, the Cindy Luce uh, who uh, scene was uh, fun, you know. Uh, like I said, that that part took me about uh, three weeks or so to do, and and, uh, and then at the very end, where after the Grinch has uh, stolen all the gifts, gone up to the top of the mountain, and he finds he's hanging up there, and with everything, then he looks on on, on the Whoville and sees everybody coming out to celebrate Christmas, you know. And that's what gets his uh, moment of uh, redemption. Redemption, absolutely. And so, so I animated those scenes there, where, where he's up in the mountain and he's looking down and brings the dog over. This so came out, you know. They, they, so and uh, then he turns around and goes back. But uh, but uh, so so th th there were several uh, uh, sequences, you know, that I animated. But some are scattered here, some are there. But uh, uh, but, but it was fun because the different challenges and uh, you know animating the Grinch when he's mean and kind of uh, uh, evil mm -hmm. uh, to when he changes heart you know and uh, and uh, he uh, he realizes that uh, that the Christmas is worth celebrating and. Uh, and so, uh, so, so you know, that that to me is uh, what animation is all about: bringing these characters to life, and everybody relates to them, you know. And uh, anyway, anyway, that's uh, what I got out of it. Yeah. yeah, like I said, this is this is a movie we watch every year, and we'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, if we're being completely honest, Phil, and I probably shouldn't say this, uh, we watch it when it's not Christmas time because. It, it's a, like I said, it's a masterpiece. It's a fun watch. Whenever I'm feeling down, you know, there's a few things that I know I can go to the well and I can pop in. And that that might be, you know, top five for sure. If, if I'm having a bad day, if it's July, if it's even February, yeah. man, I'm popping in the Grinch and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to have a good time because it's, like I said, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with that being said, you know, we talked about your favorite scenes and, you know, mm -hmm. all the players and the movers and the shakers for this. Um, Another scene that was taken out that was one of my favorites was when the there, there's everybody sitting at a table uh -huh. and who's come out with a, a plate of uh, uh, and then he stops and kicks the top off and another who comes out yeah and then uh, so that uh, takes it to the table takes another who comes out and takes an apple to the to Cindy Lou Who you know and uh, so, so but that that was taken out because I guess they felt that in further the story, you know, but, but anyway, that was a fun little scene that uh, was um, great to do. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one, too, because it was, I can't remember how many times they did it, it might have followed the rule of three, it might have done it three times, but uh, I remember being a little kid, and I'm like, man, what's, what's going to happen here? And then they open it up and then Cindy Lou Who gets the apple. And I'm like, oh, that was so cool, man. So it was just all these little things. It, it yeah. sparked my imagination at such a yeah. young age. Yeah. You know, all of yeah. these shows that you worked on did. Yeah. And that was in the book, you know, just something that Chuck added. You know, and uh, so little bits of business. Did I'm pretty sure it's been talked about or it's out there, but was there a reason that he chose the color green for the Grinch? I'm assuming just holiday colors, Christmas colors, or? I don't know, because uh, I noticed at Warner Brothers, uh, there was a witch that uh, back in the forest and they were Hansel and Gretel got lost and she was green. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe he just got into a habit of painting Bill on screen, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we never talked about it. I just assumed that uh, that uh, 
because it looks natural, you know. Yeah. So I, 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 I like the green better than the gray in the book, you know. Yeah. But my least favorite color is gray. So <laughs> green's my favorite color of all time. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed the Grinch being green. Um, you said that you got to work with your hero and Chuck Jones, man. Uh, I got to imagine that during his career and during your career, it, it probably and for sure crossed paths a lot. But do you have a favorite memory of, uh, you know, just hanging out with Chuck or whenever you hear the name Chuck Jones, it comes to your mind. But do you have a favorite memory of Chuck? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, because uh, uh, he, he used to take uh, some of us out for lunch, you know, so we'd, uh, uh, and I, I got to tell you, you know, um, to be with his group with Ken Harris, which is probably one of the top animators in the, in uh, the business, and, uh, and for him to consider me equal to Ken and Benny and all his old standby, you know, I mean, it was just tremendously uh, uh, gratifying you know, to, yeah. to feel that I, I just felt I made it, you know, but I started out doing it. I'm one of Chuck's animators, you know, and that, that, that to me is uh, uh, the acceptance. And, and uh, many years later, uh, I, I'd already gone and uh, it's, uh, I, uh, I was working at Melinda's, um, Charlie Brown, and so I, I was thinking back about you know, Chuck and everything, and he, he still had a studio up in the tower uh, there in Cincinnati. So I bought a nice bottle of scotch and I wrote him a nice letter, thanking him for all that he had done for me. That, for, and uh, and so I took it up to him and he was very nice. And a, and a few days later, I received a, a very nice note from him. I mean, he, he just, he, he wrote in this very nice style. He had a very nice uh, oral style of a very, very nice uh, that, uh, Thanking me that uh, that he, he was thanking me for uh, helping him uh, on his project, you know. But uh, but I just felt so fortunate that uh, that he uh, that for what he had done personally for me, not because because I worked with other big anime, I worked with Chris and uh, and uh, Bill and a lot of other people. But uh, but the Chuck just kind of. That stands out, you know, for his uh, personal touch, and uh, and uh, that he uh, took. I don't know if he took an interest in me or not, but he he accepted me. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, Ken Harris to me, and Benny Washer were. I mean, the, what they could animate was just beautiful. You know, just beautiful stuff. You know, and Ken Harris like he would draw as if. Uh, He's writing a letter, you know, like he puts a uh, pencil down and just kind of starts drawing. And, and so, and, and then it's very fluid, you know, when, uh, when you see it on the screen. And uh, Benny could do the beautiful little expression stuff, you know, the detailed, funny stuff, you know. And, uh, and so, well, anyway, that, that, that was uh, uh, one of the highlights of my career. I got to imagine, man. And, and, you know, they always say don't meet your heroes because they can never live up to your expectations. But I seem it seems like Chuck Jones surpassed every expectation you had as him being your hero and then some. Yeah, because yeah, not only was an employee, you know, but he, he just uh, uh, like uh, I asked him to sign my uh, after I had enough uh, credits to join the uh, Motion Picture Academy. Uh, I asked him to, if he would sign the card you know, as, as, my, as one of my sponsors. I needed two sponsors. And uh, he says, of course, you know, he says, just a minute be, uh, before you go here. Okay. So he wrote out a, a note. He says, give this to, uh, when you uh, include this with your uh, application, when you mail it to the academy. And so, so I, uh, after I left, uh, I, I read it. I said, oh my God, <laughs> he's building me up as a, you know, so, so I just felt so thing, and and, and I'm sure because of uh, of his uh, uh, personal involvement, I, I got uh, accepted at the academy. This is 1967. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, so anyway, a lot of great memories with uh, Chuck. You know. 
Thank you for sharing some of those with me. I really appreciate it. This is one of my favorite parts of the show is I get to see through your eyes or, you know, whoever I have on, I get to see through you guys' eyes uh, what it was like back then, because, um, you know, I didn't I didn't tell you, but it's, it's been out there on the podcast a few times that I wanted to be an animator when I was younger. I could see something when I was real young and I could draw real well. Um, you know, I had a hard time creating and coming up with stuff, but I could see something. I go, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And it wasn't until six, seven years old. Uh, I live out here in Orlando um, and my dad took me to Universal Studios and this is before they moved all the animation over to the West Coast. Um, and they were working on SpongeBob SquarePants at the time. It wasn't out yet, but they were starting to like, you know, bump up the publicity and stuff like that. So when we're going through the gate, they're handing out tickets. They say, hey, we're, you know, we're getting ready to roll out this new show in the next year or so. And we want people to know about it. Um, so I got to go in there and then I got to look down. It was, I, I remember it being on the second floor and got to look down into like the artist alley or just where all of the artists were at. And there was one lone artist over in the corner and he had his drawn on his table and stuff like that. And he kept tearing down the picture and he kept balling it up and throwing it over his, his shoulder. And then I just happened to look down and then he had a stat just balled up paper. It looked like, it looked like a mountain, right? The same mountain the Grinch lived on. It looked like a mountain of just balled up paper. And I, I remember asking the lady, and I, like I said, I'm six or seven years old. I'm like, hey, hey, why is uh, why is that artist over there? Why is he throwing those away? Those look really, really good. And I remember telling me that, oh, if it's not on spec or if it's not on the model, you know, if it's not specifically the way the the it's intended to be, they have to start over. And I was like, wow. I was like, my mom would have hung that picture up on the refrigerator. And she said I would have done a good job. Um, and that day, right then and there. I knew I would never be an animator because it's just, you got to throw away so much. I can't remember who said it, but, but somebody was like, you've got a thousand or 10,000 bad drawings in you. Right. So it's the same thing with anything. You got 10,000 bad, whatever it is. So get them out of your system as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, so I, I found out, like I said, real young that I wouldn't be an animator. Um, another topic that you brought up and I absolutely love, I mean, I can't, I don't know if you'll be able to see them, but uh I got Snoopy and Woodstock on one hand, and then I got old Charlie Brown on my other hand. I'm a huge Peanuts fan. This is my favorite comic strip when I was growing up. I loved Garfield as well, but the Peanuts took it, and it was because of Snoopy and Woodstock. Those were my favorite characters from that. Um, how how did you get – I'm just going to you know keep it real vague. How did you get on board to start helping out with all of the Peanuts specials? Okay, uh, after – after I left Chuck Jones, then uh, uh, that studio closed around the uh, end of 1969. Mm -hmm. and, and from there, I went and did a, uh, Uncle Sam uh, Magoo uh, with, uh, at UPA with, uh, with uh, uh, Abe Levito, who's a director at the Chuck's, you know. And, uh, and then after that, I went to Fris Freeling, uh, Patty Freeling, to work on the, because Chuck was supposed to do uh, three uh, Dr. Seuss, and he only did two. He did The Grinch and uh, Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. And, he, and he was supposed to do the, the Cat in the Hat. And so, so it went, uh, Chuck suggested that it go to, uh, uh, to Departed Freeman because uh, uh, Holly Pratt was there, and he wanted Holly to direct. And so, so they took that. Uh, that uh, last special. I'm the only one that worked on all three specials, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so uh, so after I worked with Frizz, and then and then I went, worked on another project called Curiosity Shop. And after that, uh, I had already met Bill and I had done some freelance work for him, and he, he seemed to like what I was doing. But anyway, after I needed a steady job, so so I called him up. And he said, yeah, come on down, Phil. And because uh, he knew I could animate already because I had uh, done some stuff on uh, He's Your Dog, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so anyway, I, uh, I, they, he had like three houses on Larchmont Avenue that were side by side. And uh, one was uh, for, the, for the layout and, uh, and uh, Bill's office and uh, and uh, so they put me in there in the back, you know, gave me a little desk. And, and then the other room was uh, uh, editing and, uh, and the ink and paint were in the third one. And, uh, 
so they had the uh, animators in the sycamore. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, so now, now Bill, again, was one, one of my uh, uh, heroes growing up because his name was Melendez. He was, uh, uh, I'm, I'm uh, Mexican-American, mm -hmm. and here's a Mexican-American on the screen, getting screen credit. So, you know, thinking, hey, maybe I have a chance here too, you know. <laughs> so, he, so he was, uh, he, he was uh, one of my heroes, that, uh, and he was a terrific uh, artist, you know. And, uh, and he, he was the only one, only person, that Charles Schultz listened to creatively. Mm -hmm. Everybody would say, hey, hey, Sparky, you know, how about a gag here? How about a gag there? Everybody. He said, yeah, that's nice. And just ignore him, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, but, but Bill, you know, uh, he, he worked very, very closely with them uh, on the stories, on the storyboards, and, and, and the direction. And uh, so, so I, I'm, working there with Bill and uh, he had uh, some old time animators he had Frankie Smith from UPA and uh, Rudy Samora who had been in the business since the 1930s, 1930, 29. I think I've seen a credit for 1929. And so he'd been around a while, you know. And uh, so so some of those guys were in the other room. So, so one day he comes into my room and he's got a big stack of, uh, of uh, uh, exposure sheets and drawings and storyboards. He says, Phil, this can, I'm, I'm going to be real busy. Can you finish directing this, uh, this picture? And I said, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> and uh, uh, this, it was uh, the, the, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. He had gone through halfway and then he gave it to me, and uh, and so so I just looked at what he had done, you know. So I kind of followed. He, he had doing uh, bar sheets, you know, time everything on bar sheets, and then go from the bar sheets to the exposure sheets, and they make make uh, uh, poses for every scene, you know, the go to the sheets and anything. So I, I just followed the, the his. Uh, the setup, and so anyway, uh, I guess they were real happy. They were content because I, you know, that because uh, after that I became the, the director on the Charlie Browns, and uh, Bill was just uh, kind of running the studio and and talk, doing business and bringing in other projects. But uh, but anyway, um, that was um, uh, another thing of acceptance, you know. <laughs> Here, here, another hero of mine has accepted me you know, for, for uh, uh, to direct, you know, and, and, and I, I guess uh, I, I did everything right because uh, I directed 14 uh, specials there when I, when I was there with Bill. And, uh, and the thing is that uh, to bring it full circle, you know, that's uh, uh, was, with, was with uh, Charles Schultz mm -hmm. as far when I was a kid, you know, I come from Fresno, California, which is a very central California. It's agricultural, and uh, and uh, you know, my parents came from Mexico, and so uh, I was born during the Depression. And uh, then, when I was about what twelve, thirteen, I saw Bambi, and I want to be an animator. Anyway, uh, then I started buying books on how to draw and this and that. And one thing I did was uh, I, I got a, a correspondence course mm -hmm. uh, how to draw because there, there were no art schools in Fresno. There was no, no place to really learn drawing and, uh, yeah. and uh, cartooning especially because I wanted to be a cartoonist. And so, so I, I, I sent, uh, I enrolled in a, in a correspondence course and my teacher was a, a fellow named Sparky. Charles Schultz, <laughs> and uh, so I, 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 I still have a letter from uh, from Sparky correcting my drawings. You know, going through very. It's uh, and I gave uh, 
Jeannie Schultz's widow, a, 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 a copy of it for the museum in uh, Santa Rosa. But, uh, uh, but, but anyway, the, to, to find out that later, I'm just a kid, later, here I am working on his characters, one of the, 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 one, the, the world's most famous cartoon characters, Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And, uh, and so I told him one day, I said, you know, Sparky, you know, uh, I, uh, I appreciate you, you were my teacher, and uh, you know, there weren't any uh, art schools in, in Fresno at the time. And so he says, well, that's the reason we had the school for people, for people just like you that uh, weren't uh, uh, exposed to any, any uh, art drawing, art, art teaching. So, so anyway, uh, so that, that was another connection with the, with the, the, with, with Charlie Brown, with that uh, just uh, come come all the way around, you know, to to not only uh, be as a uh, student, but also working on his characters, and and I, I found it very very rewarding. I mean, he was just a, a a very very fine man. Yeah, I've uh, I've had the honor of having the curator for the Charles Schultz Museum on Benjamin. Uh, his episode was out uh, five or six episodes ago. And hearing some of the stories I got to hear, because like I said, I, I've been a fan of yours. I've been a fan of Charles Schultz. I've been a fan of Chuck Jones, Tex Avery, Bill and Joe, uh, you know, Anna Barbera, um, just all of these, these, these Titans in the industry. They're the ones that created the business, you know? Yes, they are. And uh, a lot of, a lot of the fans that listen and watch this show, they don't know yourself they don't know the chuck joneses all they know is what they've consumed over the last 10 to 15 years and like i said that was the huge part of doing this podcast is taking those names and the credits people that laid the foundation for animation a lot of those folks are gone now unfortunately because yeah. you know it's just father time is unbeaten right so it's yeah. it's you guys have had some of the greatest stories told but a lot of those stories have left when they've left us so like i said this is the whole reason for doing this is because you have you're yourself i've heard so many stories here just in the last 45 minutes alone that we've been chatting that i've never gotten to really see or really hear anywhere else so i appreciate you sharing and opening up with me because a lot of people are very guarded with their memories a lot of people are very guarded with with uh you know i don't want to say the industry secrets or the industry uh in itself but very rarely do people get to open up and I get to hear um, a lot of the stuff. And like I said, once I started this podcast and I get to hear all of this, um, it's very enlightening. And like I said, it's, it's crazy to see where it started and where it's at now. And yeah, yeah. you yourself, like I said, was a, a, a pillar of that foundation. So hats mm -hmm. off to you, Phil, man. We really appreciate you. Well, I, I'm uh, in the next uh, generation, Chuck and uh, Bill and Chris and all those guys, uh, because uh, like, uh, like every 20 years or so, there's a, there's a change, you know, that. so I, almost everybody in the in the business, like when I started at Disney's and everybody, they were all like 20 years, 25 years older than me, you know, and so all, all those guys are gone, and now my, my generation's kind of also uh, gone, you know, just uh, very few of, uh, of the guys that I came into uh, the business with are, are still kicking. Yeah, but, uh, and I'm glad you guys are here, so... I can bore you with my stories. I, I promise you there's no such thing. I've went and I won't keep you as long as I've had the longest interviews, but I've had, uh, first off, man, I would love to do a part two with you. Cause I got to imagine you've got some stories. And I, as soon as we're done with this call, cause it happens every time I have somebody on, they're like, damn it. I should have said that story. I was remembering it. So, cause whenever the creative juices start going, you probably haven't thought about a lot of this stuff and, you know, quite some time. And then you start thinking about it. Now you're like, Oh man, I, we should have talked about this. We should have talked about that. So if you would, if you would like to, man, cause I'm having fun and I hope you are too. I'd love to have you on for a part two down the road. If you're up for it. Sure. <laughs> oh man i'll make sure it's 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 early enough yeah. um uh one more thing before we get to the fans questions and you had some fans questions a lot of them are really good um you brought up something you're mexican-american so you're, you're first generation american one thing i absolutely love i i'm a i'm a chef by trade so i that's my day job i go in mm -hmm. there i cook and i get to do this for fun um I absolutely love not only Mexican culture, but Mexican cuisine. Uh, it goes Southern food for me because it's just what I grew up on. Fried chicken is my favorite thing in the world to eat. Yeah. 
but very, very close to that Southern cuisine is the Mexican cuisine. And I absolutely love Mexican food. It's probably my, my number one glutton for punishment. I'll go into any Mexican <laughs> spot that's out here by us and I'm dropping 30, 40 bones on the table and I'm eating everything in sight. So my question really is, is what is your favorite dish from your family? Do you have one? Well, my mother was a tr tremendous cook and, uh, and it was, uh, but uh, uh, I don't know. She just make uh, everything that, that uh, she and she loved us. She made uh, gangbusters, uh, tomatoes. You know, that's my favorite. Uh, and uh, 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 somehow the flavors have changed. You know, uh, through the years. Uh, and uh, so I've eaten a lot of uh, Mexican food, but somehow. Doesn't connect with my my mother and my grandmother, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they were tremendous cooks, and and uh, I, I, I know there's uh, uh, all, all kinds of dishes. I mean, I, I just uh, 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 I don't know whether the, the, the cheetahs rellenos. I think uh, I, I overate some one time with my grandmother. I'll just get eating. But uh, anyway, they. <laughs> It's it just uh, a lot of, lot of memories. And I think uh, like with a lot of the old uh, families from other countries, uh, Italy and, you know, the other country, the, the main meeting place is in the kitchen. Yes. And, uh, over dinner and, uh, and telling stories and talking about uh, the old families and where they came from and what your history is, that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, that kind of ties you to where they came from that you've never been there, but to, to and, uh, and uh, who you are yeah. and uh, who you really are. And so, so that's, uh, uh, it was always a good tradition. Uh, my grandmother lived right next door to us. And so uh, I was a little kid. And so my grandmother, I was the oldest. So my grandmother just spoiled me and, <laughs> I admit, <laughs> and uh, so so anyway, it's uh, yeah, food. Food is uh, with the, the connecting uh, thing with the with the family, so it brings everybody together. It really is, man. It's built civilizations. We've literally yeah. broke bread and uh, built yeah. civilizations. Absolutely. And uh, you know, one thing I want to echo before before we get to the fans' questions is it was like that in my household too. My granny, she was on my dad's side. So she was the one that instilled my love of food. I, without her, uh, I, there's a story that goes around when I was younger. I did not like milk. I didn't like the, the formula. I didn't like breast milk. I didn't like any of it. So my granny would watch me when my mom and dad would go to work. <clears throat> And uh, she would she would notice that I wouldn't drink the milk that my mom put in, uh, into the little mm -hmm. sippy cup and stuff. So she would wait until my mom left and my dad left and then she would dump it out and then she would put sweet tea into it. So that's what granny because <laughs> that's how granny got me to drink. And then every morning we would make my grandpa biscuits. So my grandpa was a farmer. He would get up in the morning at about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and he would go and work out in the field. And then my granny would get up with them and she'd make biscuits every morning, sausage, gravy, eggs, hash browns, all that good southern breakfast that makes you feel like crap by the end of the day. That's what we were eating every morning. So that that definitely was instilled in me by her, you know, just remember what we from. Thank God for grandmothers. <laughs> yes, can't, can't agree more. Um, so we're going to rotate into the fans' questions. Like I said, thank you for sharing the stories. Like I said, we couldn't cover a hundredth of what you've done in just a, a you know a short hour. So I'm, I'm excited to have you back on for a second part. But our first question comes from Cameron. Uh, he's he's been writing in steadily probably since the fir first couple episodes, and he's always got some pretty insightful questions. Mm -hmm. um, out of all the projects that you've been involved with, what was the most satisfying for you? Most satisfying, um, you know, every project has a has its own feel, its own uh, appeal, its own memories. Mm -hmm. And uh, and to me, a lot. I, I, I can ask this, this question. Usually, they say, "What's the favorite character you ever worked on?" And and I'll say, uh, "It's like asking a parent, you know, who's your favorite kid?" And uh, and I say, "But if I had to choose, 
uh, I would say it's uh, Garfield. Garfield? Because, uh, uh, because Garfield, uh, when I was at, at Bill Melinda's, uh, uh, I, I directed the first two Garfields there. And uh, uh, Garfield, uh, here comes Garfield and Garfield uh, yeah, on the town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and right after that, I finished that, then you know, I, I, I thought to myself, here I am, um, 52 years old, and I've accomplished almost everything I wanted to do. I've animated, I worked at Disney's, I worked with some of my favorite uh, animators, directors, and uh, I've directed, I've, I've done everything I set to do, except one thing, uh, have my own studio. And, uh, and in 12 or 13 years, I'm gonna be 65, probably retiring, and I'll look back and I'll say, you didn't even try. I says, I would hate to get to that point and look back and not, not try. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would rather attempt and fail than not even try at all. Mm-hmm. So I quit. So I, I left film and like at the end of 1983. And, uh, and so they threw a big going away party and, and, and Bill told Lee, Man, Lee Mendelssohn, who, uh, who was uh, his partner, uh, he said that I was leaving. So uh, a couple of days before I left, Lee came into the studio and said, how would you like to do the Garfields? I said, yeah, but Bill's doing them, you know. He said, no, no, Sparky doesn't want Bill to do them. You know, he's not very happy. He says, but if, if you want to do them, you know, you, you, you can, uh, 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 I would like for you to do them. He says, uh, I said, yeah, I mean, I'd love it. And so he says, well, uh, I said, I'm going to be going on uh, vacation after this for about a month. And uh, he says, well, take your vacation. And uh, when uh, I'll talk to the syndicate, I'll talk to Jim Davis, I'll talk to the network and get their approval. And uh, we'll go for that. So call me when you get back. So, so I left. And this was in, in October, of, uh, late October of uh, 83. And I, when I came back, I called him. I said, yeah, everybody's approved. You know, go find a place, work out a budget. And, uh, and, uh, and you, so you'll be, you'll be working on Garfield. So, so, so I tell people that uh, Garfield is my favorite because he is the one responsible for opening this, uh, me uh, uh, as a studio, you know, uh, having my own uh, the Roman Empire, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, and and so uh, so so I have a lot of fun memories uh, uh, doing those Scarfield specials. J- just me, you know, timing them out and recording and doing everything, and doing one or two a year and just very quietly. And so so I would say Garfield uh, for for that reason. It's very that that it, it uh, opened up a big big. Uh, um, uh, Open or like a create my own studio. Like the first sculpture I did was uh, I did with uh, just myself and uh, a, a, a secretary and uh, and an assistant, and everything else was freelance. So then later on, uh, by the time in 1996, I had over 500 employees. Doing about ten different projects in one year, so so we had grown, we had been accepted. That's cool, man. Uh, it's always cool to see where that beginning started, you know, and yeah. fast forward, and you get to see five hundred employees underneath you, and then all these other projects. It's I bet you yeah. it's got to feel pretty good, you know, when you were laying your yeah. head. Very 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 satisfying, especially you know we, we did some other other things. You know, we did the Tom and Jerry the movie, we did the Simpsons the critic. Felix a cat, uh, the mask, you know, a whole bunch of other things. It just uh, uh, created some new shows, you know, Bobby's World, Seabird uh, and Jamal. And uh, so we were accepted, accepted all over the world. You know, they saw, they've seen our, uh, our, our, our characters. Beautiful. Uh, next one was, um, 
Do you have a favorite? Zachary wants to know, uh, what was your favorite peanut special you worked on? Do you have one that sticks out the most? Uh, oh, there's, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, I mean, it, it was, uh, I worked on uh, three features and, uh, and like 14 uh, FRs. But there's one segment of uh, and, and Chandra, uh, she's a good skate, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. And uh, where uh, Peppermint Patty is, uh, is, uh, is an ice skater, uh, she is going to perform. And, and uh, the, the thing is that uh, she had to perform a real sequence, a, a, a real uh, ice skater. Yeah. And so what, what they did, uh, what we did, we, we shot uh, uh, Charles Schultz's daughter, I think it was Amy, uh, and uh, at his rink, you know, he, he's got a rink up in uh, Santa Rosa. And, uh, and so shot her and uh, did some rotoscope and using that as a basis, I mean, you can't really do it as a rotoscope because, you know, uh, about that big and uh, a human. So just using that as a guide movements and stuff, and planning the, the the action and the skating and the movement and uh, that that took us a real, real uh, uh, I don't know I had fun doing it and planning the camera moves and everything and and all the doing uh, and doing the poses uh, for the and then I got Bill Littlejohn who was one, one of the best animators out there freelancing uh, to animate it. And, uh, and the, 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 the thing is uh, that it was, um, the, the setting, setting it up is uh, Snoopy was supposed to be playing the music behind what she's dancing. And so Snoopy messes it up because the tape goes all over the place. And so she's standing there waiting, waiting for the music to start. So then the music starts, but it's uh, Woodstock whistling the, uh, the tune is, uh, Puccini's uh, Omeo Babino Caro, uh, Puccini, uh, and uh, and so she goes into it. And it, 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 it so anyway, uh, so Bill Littlejohn, like I said, he animated, and it came out perfect. You know, it's it, it just uh, uh, an actual routine, you know, a skater routine, and uh, all the planning and everything. Just I just felt very. Very happy that you know we didn't have any retakes or anything like that. But, but uh, the, the camera moves and the, and the spinning and all the just the interpretation from the from the actual film, you know, worked perfectly. And so so anyway, I, I, I take a lot of pleasure in that. Yeah. Um, Sean Cashman. I don't know if you remember him, but he's an animator. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he worked over, over film Owen. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had a feeling that you might remember him. Uh, I had him on a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, so he, he, he didn't have a question, but he wanted to tell you this. Uh, I worked at your studio when I was on the Simpsons and King of the Hill, nice man, exclamation mark. So you really left an impression on Sean. Um, where are we at here? Oh, I lost my place. Oh, here we are. Um, Frankie, oh no, you did that one already. So, uh, <laughs> Antonio Alves wants to know. Uh, are in your opinion, are Disney wages still too low? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know what you're uh, referring to. Yes, you know, I, I started at Disney's. Uh, how, how much time you have? Because I could get carried away. Oh, no, I got I got all the time in the world for you. Okay, well, you know, I, I was going to art school uh, in uh, Hollywood I, after I left the service. I go in the GI Bill and I went to art center school. And one day I heard a couple of uh, guys uh, talking that uh, Disney's was hiring. And so I called Disney's and, uh, and uh, they said, yeah, yeah, bring your portfolio and we'll, we'll take a look at it. So I got together the and said, made an appointment to see Andy Engman and went there. And, uh, and so he looked at him and everything was fine. You know, he says, fine, you know, uh, if we need you, we'll call you. And uh, and so anyway, uh, 
I'm walking out of the, of the studio looking around and gosh, you know, at least I've been on this number a lot, you know, uh, just uh, oh, that certain energy there, yeah. uh, just being there. And anyway, uh, I think it was like on a Wednesday when I went there. And on a Friday, I was getting ready to go to Fresno to visit my folks. And I was putting stuff in my car when I heard the phone ringing inside the house. And so I ran and answered the, the phone. And it was Disney calling saying, can you start on Monday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. And uh, so, so I, I go there. And so and it's uh, what they did at that time is uh, they were hiring 10 people at a time as, as uh, apprentices. And uh, so at 99 cents an hour. And, and so uh, uh, and, and if you didn't make it out after the month, you know, then they get you, or some people quit and everything. So then, uh, but, but anyway, uh, I, sometimes when I'm speaking to people, uh, I'll use that as, uh, and I'll say, uh, I think they're still paying that much, you know. And, or, but but it's just a gentle little job at the Disney because I love working at Disney. I mean, it's the, the favorite studio I ever worked in because it was just uh, everything I imagined it to be. Uh, but uh, but the, the, the greatest animators, the greatest artists, the greatest everything you can imagine. And uh, just walking down those hallways and feeling the talking yeah. energy and every and the wings and people in every different. Uh, 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 area, I mean, it was just uh, so so gratifying, and uh, and so, but but uh, but I, I, I use that uh, no thing. Of, uh, say, yeah, I think they're still paying that much, you know, and a cheap joke, you know. But uh, but again, people make fun of jokes about Studio Disney and everything, so it's not uh, nothing uh, negative, but just a kind of a. Uh, my my own little reaction to uh, to something that uh, uh, from my past and one of the great things about working at Disney I uh, started on a, on a May in May and in, on July of 1955 Disneyland opened and so we, we were all everyone in the studio was invited to go to to the to the grand opening on a Sunday and I still have the tickets and I still have the all the paraphernalia that. Uh, that came in the envelope, and uh, I think I have the only real complete collection of everything that comes in, uh, and even the the parking ticket uh, for for twenty five cents for the whole day. That is so cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Thank you for sharing that. And Antonio Alves, thank you for writing in because he he attached that uh, with with his question. He attached the the uh, acceptance <laughs> speech. So I, I got a real big kick out of watching that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nothing, nothing negative about it. Oh yeah, no. I'm just having fun with it. Yeah, all tongue in cheek. Yeah, but but it's uh, but because it's like I say, it's my favorite studio I ever worked in. I'm I'm glad you got to work there. Um, Josh Maldonado wants to know, what's it like to see your work cherished year after year? And he put in parentheses the Grinch. So what's that like to sit there and see that so many people every year tune in to see something that you helped create? Yeah, you know, uh, when you're working, when you're, when you're at the desk, it's just a job, you know, they got these scenes, you animate it, and then it goes off. And the next, scene, the next picture comes in, you animate it, and you finish it, and it goes off. But then it takes a life of its own. It's broadcast. It's broadcast in this country. It's broadcast in Europe. It's broadcast in the Far East. And, 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 I, and I tell people that when I used to travel, no matter where I went uh, around the uh, what country I was in, I turned turn on the TV and there's one show that I worked on, whether I animated on it, directed it, or produced it. But there's always something on there that, that I had worked on many years ago, many years ago. And so it, it's that's a little extra bonus, I think, that uh, that not only it, it uh, uh, entertains American audiences, but it entertains you know people all over the world, and uh, and, and that to me is, is, a, is a, the greatest bonus that uh, 
you, 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 you don't plan it on them, but uh, part of the business model is that we're going to distribute it all over the world or wherever, you know, we can sell it. And, and it's uh, it's uh, very, very uh, I don't know, like the Grinch. Yeah. Uh, just watching it again. And it just brings back memories. You know, I remember working on that. I remember how, how I tried to time that. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, I remember uh, seeing well, any animated that. You know, I think Ken Harris animated that. You know, it just uh, brings all these memories of watching the the the, the, the uh, production in the works. Yeah. And Chuck making his comments and this and that. You know, but uh, but it's uh, it, 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 it's uh, it's it's an extra. Uh, you get your paycheck, but this is an extra kind of a bonus, yeah. an emotional bonus that you get for. Uh, many years later that uh, you were part of that team. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, amen. <laughs> All right. And here's the last one. Uh, it's from Devin Baxter. And you've mentioned some of these names before, but I'd, reminisce, I'd, re, I'd be remiss not to, to explore it a little bit further. Um, and Devin Baxter is, I'm pretty sure he's forgotten more about animation than I'll ever be able to retain. This man is very, very knowledgeable. Um, but he was like, I would love to know more about your interactions with Ken Harris, Ben Washman, Lloyd Vaughn, Abe Levitow, and Dick Thompson. You got any cool stories about any of those guys? Oh, yeah. All those guys, all those guys are great friends of mine. You know? yeah. uh, I would like to say Benny was my first friend. Uh, I met him uh, when I was working at, uh, on the King Leonardo show. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so uh, we're doing uh, that. And so uh, that back when I was like 1960, I think it was. And so we re- re- remained friends, you know, after that. You know, we'd get at lunch together. We'd go out for drinks together. And uh, uh, and so uh, so he was um, my, my first connection to the, to the old Chuck unit. But... Uh, uh, but, but to me, uh, just being in that group, you know, and Dick Thompson was uh, a dear friend, you know, uh, who uh, we got together often. Uh, Ken Harris was a little bit more, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, antisocial, but because he, he was good, but, but his uh, uh, drawings came out, you know, funny, you know, he could, he could express himself in a funny way. Uh, but but he wasn't a funny guy, <laughs> and uh, and he was, and he was a, a very funny guy, and and Dick was just your normal everyday kind of guy, and uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, and uh, Abe Levito, he was a gentle giant. He was a the big guy. You know, I'm six three. He was about six five, and uh, very imposing uh, presence. And, but, but such a talent, you know, he could really draw, you know, he had animated for Chuck before. And, and, uh, and so he, he uh, 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 was, uh, when Chuck got very busy, he, he brought him in to direct the Tom and Terry's. And then he also directed uh, uh, the Phantom Tobus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, but, but I mean, these guys are, you know, uh, uh, they're personalities that, that were friends, you know, you actually went out to lunch with them and, and, and socialized with them. And they, uh, uh, and, I, and I learned from them, you know, they're not, not they didn't say, here's the way you do it. <laughs> but, but just the way they, they thought, the way they, because we talked about that. Uh, and we were together, how, how do you interpret certain actions? How do you do certain things? And, and so, so we just talked about it. And of course, we were right into my brain. Yeah. And, and so, um, so anyway, in fact, uh, uh, Chuck uh, at one point said uh, at what, 1936 or something like that, 30, something, he says, Phil, you know, you're, you're the youngest animator in the business. And uh, I know I wasn't because I'd worked with a lot of younger guys and other students, but, but Chuck was using his interpretation of an animator. And uh, a lot of the guys who were working on television stuff, they're very, you know, limited animation stuff. But, but uh, doing the kind of animation that Chuck 
it was uh, was uh, just a not your ordinary kind of yeah. had uh, that kind of a personality and uh, and uh, character to it. It was fun. It's just you, let me tell you something. You cannot imagine the the joy and the challenge of getting a Jones drawing in your on your desk and say, move it, animate it. I mean, that, that's a challenge. And, and you gotta be, stay up with Ken Harris and Benny Washam and Dick and uh, all those other guys. I mean, that's, but but that, 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 that was a great challenge and I love challenges. Like I said, man, I, I really appreciate you spending some time with me tonight. Uh, you could have been doing anything else, man. You could have been eating some of that delicious Mexican food we were just talking about, tamales, maybe a little chili quiles, a little chili relleno, something like that. Maybe a little pozole because it is getting a little chilly. You know, you could have been doing any of that, but yeah. you chose to talk to me. And Phil, man, I appreciate the hell out of you, man. Like I said, I've been a fan of yours since I was a real little boy, and I've got two little boys. Uh, they're I hope they're sleeping right now because a twelve year old <laughs> sleeping, and then we got a seven month old. He better be sleeping. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but. Uh, these kids and then their kids and their kids' kids are going to be raised on a lot of the stuff that you help bring to life, man. I can't thank you enough for what you did. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I mean, that's, uh, I didn't just show up at your door and say, here I am. <laughs> thank you for considering me. Oh, anytime, man. Uh, is there anything you'd like to tell the fans before we, uh, before we end the show? This is your time to tell them whatever you'd like to tell them. No, no, no. It's just, uh, that um, I, I just feel very fortunate. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk about dreams and follow your dreams. And, uh, and I feel very fortunate. I had my dreams as a little kid, you know, and, and the worst part of town, you know, where, where you, you don't, can't wow. imagine anybody there uh, having a dream except besides existing to the next day. And, uh, and the thing is that, through focusing and hard work and perseverance, mm -hmm. you know, you can make your dreams come true. And I always tell you know, people when, when I speak, I said, no, dreams do come true, even for a little Mexican kid from Fresno. I don't know any better way to end it other than he's been Phil. I've been Julian. This has been the What's In My Head podcast, and this has been another piece of your childhood. Good night. Thank you. Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.